Hey guys, prior to today's episode starting, just wanted to let you know why I've been so inactive lately and why it's been almost a month since I've uploaded a podcast. Well, um, for those of you listeners who don't know, my father, uh, George Karam, passed away April 16th, very early in the morning, due to a heart attack. So that's why I have not been uploading any podcasts since then. But I'm going to talk about that once the podcast starts after the music. But I just wanted to read you guys a little excerpt from where he works at, or where he sometimes works. I'll explain that in a minute. From the Saratoga Harness Track, their track announcer wrote an article about him. So I just wanted to read an excerpt from it. So the name is Mike Sardelli. He's the track announcer. And he said... Up on the roof, my announcer's booth is is positioned right next to the judges' stand. And subsequently, I have a lot of interaction on my daily daily slash nightly basis with a trio of stewards to my right. I've been fortunate in my close to 20 years upstairs to work with a lot of high-character, high-quality judges. George quickly rose to the top of that list. He was always quick with a one-liner that would induce a chuckle out of me, sometimes so much that I would need to force myself to stop laughing as I'd turn the switch on to call the race. His humor could be deemed dry, but it was a quick wit, one that I always appreciated. Mike also went on to say, When George filled in at Saratoga, as he works at Yonkers, or he worked at Yonkers, I'm sorry, so he sometimes filled in at Saratoga, but most of the time he was working at Yonkers Raceway. It's very close to... New York City. So when George filled in, oftentimes his son Brandon would come up to the roof with us. Brandon is a junior at Saratoga Central Catholic High School and is a terrific kid. An aspiring broadcaster, the young man has done quite a bit to build his resume already and is in the process of touring several colleges, something George updated me on in the past few weeks. Brandon would come over to discuss broadcasting with me while he was on the roof knowing of my background in in the business, or sometimes to simply chat about sports. I enjoy having these talks with such a bright, aspiring kid like Brandon, a kid that was truly the definition of his father's pride and joy. It's a very well-written article by Mike Sardella. If you want to check it out, just just type in Saratoga Casino and Hotel um, on your browser. Then when you go on the website, click on racing and then scroll down and you'll see Sardella's column. There's a full column about my dad. He does it every week. So if you are interested in harness racing, that might be something for you to check out. But just wanted to say that right off the top of the podcast. But let's get into it. Cue the music. Welcome to episode number 16 of the This Week in SEC Sports podcast. I'm your host, the voice of the Saints, Brandon Karam, SEC class of 2020. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, uh, Spotify, any other podcast hosting site or app. Just type in This Week in SEC Sports in the search bar of your podcast app, This Week in SEC Sports. So let's get right into it. It's been about a month since we had a podcast. But 
The baseball team is now at 10-1. They won the Phil Waring Memorial Tournament, beating Schuylerville in the championship, one of the best Class B schools around the area, 9-3. Dylan Custer was named MVP due to his performance in the final and in the first game of the tournament. In the first game of the tournament, Dylan had four hits and four RBIs. And in the second game, Dylan pitched a phenomenal game getting the win and getting the MVP of the tournament. Also, the team won over Waterford Half Moon, a team that came very close to beating us last year at home. This was on Tuesday, April 16th. Terrell threw a no-hitter, his first career no-hitter, and a 6-0 win. Also, just recently, yesterday, excuse me, Tuesday, the boys beat Hoosick Falls 1-0. Terrell Tillman, complete game shutout, striking out 18 batters in the win. He also recorded his 100th career hit, which is just a crazy milestone. He went 2-for-2 two two in the game with a walk. And with the win in that game, he is the 5th pitcher in Spa Catholic history with 20 career wins. So Terrell, I mean, yeah, I guess he had a pretty good game. <laughs> of course, I joke, but just a crazy performance, 18 strikeouts, and and a one nothing win over Hoosick Falls. Now let's go to a little bit of a stats update here, as it has been a month since I've done a podcast. But currently, the boys have four players hitting over 430 with... Dylan Custer leading the team with a 486 batting average. Billy Murdoch right behind him at 478. Ross Garrow, the leadoff hitter, hitting 455. And Terrell Tillman now hitting 432. On the pitching side of things, Terrell has thrown 27 innings, striking out 52 batters, allowed only six hits, walked only eight, and the opponent batting average is .071. Absolutely insane. Now, here's my favorite set of all of them. 27 innings pitched, right? Zero ERA. He's allowed one run this year that was not earned. So, Terrell is having an unbelievable uh, senior season, completely exceeding expectations. Our number two pitcher, I mean, you could say, see, the thing with the baseball team is between Ryan McCarroll and Dylan Custer, it's really whoever Coach Lambert feels like throwing out there. Both pitchers are very similar, both with very good curveballs. And it helps to have two pitchers who you could who would be an ace on almost every other team in the Wasserman League. And also have Terrell Tillman, who is the best pitcher in the Wasserman League. Some could say uh, Section 2 Class B. But Ryan on the year... 13 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, a 152 opponent batting average, and a .54 ERA. Ryan having a nice start to his season. Now on to the softball team. They're now at six wins and four losses. They beat Stillwater 13 to one, a big win for them. And then yesterday, Wednesday, May 1st, the girls won a doubleheader versus Berlin. They won both games. The first game. They won 13 to nothing. Second game, they won 12 nothing. And a stats update for softball on the hitting side: Molly O'Reilly hitting 559, 
with 14 RBIs this year, absolutely killing it just like we expected her to. Megan Cornell, the transfer from Saratoga, only a sophomore and hitting 441 on the season. Callie Sisk hitting 333 and she's only in seventh grade. Absolutely insane to have, to have the number four hitter in your lineup and catch every single game, hit 333 as a seventh grader. The future for this softball team is so bright. I can see this team turning into a Wasserman League powerhouse in the years to come when you think about it as Molly O'Reilly, our ace pitcher, probably a top two pitcher in the Wasserman League so far on the year has 59 innings pitched, 33 hits, 12 walks, a .76 whip, 52 strikeouts, a 150 opponent batting average, and a 1.31 ERA. But, uh, but as I was saying, Molly, only a sophomore. Meg Cornell, only a sophomore. Julia Murdoch, who we're going to get to in a couple minutes, only a sophomore. Callie Sisk, 7th grader. So the future is extremely bright with the softball team. I'm going to be really excited to see what they're going to do next year because this team will turn into a Wasserman League powerhouse. I'm telling you right now. Now we're going to get to the part of our show where we take some listener questions. We have two this week. First comes from LJ LaFiora, a member of the bowling team from Gansevoort. And he says, who has to step up to take the softball team over the top? Now my answer to this is Julia Murdoch. And she's not even playing bad over the last couple games, but she had kind of a rough start. She was first team all Wasserman at shortstop from last year, and she's only hitting 235 on the year, but she's three for seven over her last two games, and she looks to be on the right track. This is not a knack of her by any means. She's a great player that just isn't playing to the potential we've seen her play at. Let's hope that she can turn it around because when she's on, watching her hit is one of the is one of the best things to just watch. Just pure hitter, hits the ball all, all over the field. And when you look at the other stats, when you have Molly O'Reilly hitting close to 600, Meg Cornell hitting 441, if you can get Julia up in the high 300s range, we're going to be an offensive force come sectionals. And the second question comes from Joey Fundamentals from Fort Edward. Quite the name, if you ask me. He says, do you think the baseball team's lack of fundamentals will improve to a state championship level by the time sectionals come around? Uh, the irony in that, the person named Joey Fundamentals asks about fundamentals. But I do think that the baseball team's lack of fundamentals will turn it, will improve to a state championship level, and here's why. Baseball teams 10-1, and one, like we said. The one game of the year that we lost, no earned runs in the game. There was a miscommunication, or I wouldn't say that, but just two errors on the right side of the infield that were costly in the game. That's how the run scored. But, so that was versus Mechanicville. The hitting has also been inconsistent. I don't like some of the plate disciplined by a couple of the guys guys are getting too eager early in the count to swing but this coaching staff certainly knows what they're doing when you think of all the experience that this baseball team's coaching staff has Fonzie Lambert I think enough's been said about him almost 600 career wins absolutely insane five sectional titles Dale Long, his father played in the MLB. He was not that bad of a player himself either. A ton of coaching experience. And of course, 
the pitching coach, Harry Lamazny, won back-to-back state championships with Greenwich in the 90s. So probably over 70 years of coaching experience between the three makes this coaching staff probably one of the best in the area. And what that means is that the fundamentals will come when you have those three coaching. I can tell you that in the field, Coach Lambert hates having a bad field. And I know that this team's going to turn it around in the field. At the plate, Coach Long stresses the plate awareness. Sure, it's going to turn around. Is it going to turn around this weekend? It's a big weekend this weekend with a game tomorrow, Friday at Cambridge. Saturday, the boys play in the Section 2, Section 9 Challenge versus the Chester Academy. And then Sunday night is the Kelly Angels game versus Whitehall. So is the turnaround going to be this weekend? Is it going to be next week? Is it going to be the first round of sectionals? I don't know when it's going to be. But all I know is that Fonzie Lambert will turn this team around. So, with that said, that's been it for this podcast. We'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brandon Karam, and I will see you next week on every single podcast app.